Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Laguna Beach, the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you liked last week's episode with Lucy on the ground. We had a lot of fun, but this week we are back to normal, okay? I'm going to talk about the episode. Then there's a lot more to talk about. It's been kind of a crazy week for exposing racism, so that's good. I'm very happy to expose racists whenever possible. But yeah, Stassi Schroeder, Kristen, can't say, I forget her last name. See, you know, the thing with Vanderpump Rules is I've never been connected to them outside of the show. I've never been like, oh, Stassi's like my main basic bitch, or I don't know who else it could be, because I feel like Stassi's the one who made that basic bitch brand and really ran with it. As um, Lucy and I spoke about last week, she seemed to be the biggest hustler out of all of them. And I also wanted to clarify, when Lucy and I recorded last week, All the information about Faith wasn't out there yet. We kind of knew about it, but maybe we just didn't do enough research. So that's why we were kind of like, oh, you know, we didn't really touch on it too much. But this week at the end of this podcast, well, at the end of the episode, I'm going to be talking with my good friend, Ryan Bailey. He hosts an incredible podcast called So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. And he's coming on to talk about the Stasi. Vanderpump Rules, Faith. He actually just interviewed Faith. So I would definitely suggest checking that out. Ryan is a great friend of the show. He's a great friend of mine, great podcaster. And I am excited to have him on because there is the part of me that's like, I don't want to give Stassi any more attention. I don't want to give Kristen any more attention. You know, the damp dudes, whoever they were, Brett, Brent, Max, whatever their names are. I never cared for them anyway, so... I'm not going to miss them, but I definitely do want to cover that. I'm also going to talk about some challenge stuff because obviously, well, I don't know if obviously, but they kicked off D, who's been on the past few seasons, and they've also fired Taylor, who is Corey from the challenge slash real world slash teen mom's second baby mama. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about those two things because y'all know how I feel. Oh my god, I just said y'all. I just said y'all and I wasn't even trying to be funny. Because you all know how I feel about how MTV protects certain people. So this episode is called What Happens in Vegas. It's season 3, episode 9. And I wish the whole episode took place only in Vegas. I mean, I feel like re-watching season 3, it's like, I understand Spencer brought the drama, but when he's not in any scenes with um, Brody or Lauren, it's kind of like, okay, I don't give a fuck. Also... Just a heads up, somebody commented on Spencer's latest post and asked why he blocked me, and then he blocked them. So don't do that if you don't want to be blocked. (laughs) So during the recap, we find out that everyone is going to Vegas to surprise Brody for his birthday. And Lauren's birthday gift to Brody is surprising him in Vegas. She is the gift. Audrina and Lauren are kind of talking about it, and Lauren's like, I don't need to bring a present. I am the present. She doesn't say it like that. She doesn't say I am the present. But she basically says that she doesn't need to bring a present because surprising him is the present. But anyway, Audrina's excited and we find out that Justin Bobby is going to be attending the festivities. Very exciting. We all know that he is just, he's a ball of energy and such a party animal. He definitely brings the energy. And Justin's actually going to be meeting them at the airport and they're all going to fly to Vegas together. 
And Lauren goes, is he okay with being the only guy? And then Audrina just, she's kind of like, I mean, he'll be with me, so yeah. And all Lauren says is, should be interesting. Because remember, Justin, Bobby, and Lauren don't get along. Justin, Bobby, and Lo definitely don't get along. Even though I think Justin, Bobby owes a lot to Lo. Because without Lo, there would be no name Justin, Bobby. And without that name, Justin would just be Justin, who would be mixed in with a whole bunch of other Justins. Are you following me? (laughs) The next scene, we are at the Spidey apartment. Spencer asks Heidi if she's excited for their anniversary. He's like, are you excited for our anniversary date on Saturday? Spa day massages, facials, and dinner at our our anniversary spot. And then Heidi asks if he told his parents about the wedding yet. She's like, okay, yeah, have you told your parents we're getting married? I'm telling my parents we're getting married after, after the wedding is when I plan on telling my parents that we're getting married is Spencer's response. And just so you know, this is an episode where Spencer's flesh beard is beautiful. It's on point. It looks great. Looks great on Spencer's flesh beard. Love it. Love it so much. But then Spencer takes his drink and then he goes, cheers to the best year of my life. They've only been together a year. They've only been together a year and it feels like they've been together for five years at this point. I mean, now they've been together for like 15 years or something crazy like that. It's always so funny when people are like, well, that's so insane. They're still together. And I'm like, who else would have them? They cannot date anybody else, only each other. Now we're at the airport. We're getting ready to go to Vegas. And we see Justin Bobby waiting for the girls. He's just sitting on his, sitting on something. It's not a suitcase because he doesn't have a suitcase. He's just like sitting on a bench, looking bored, waiting for them. And when the girls pull up, they're all chanting, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. Which, it brought me, like, flashbacks of downtown Nashville with bachelorette parties. I've never heard anybody cheering, like, Nashville, Nashville. But I was thinking of the girls on the, um, pedal taverns. And, yeah, that was just, like, a flashback. And I'm like, ah, no, please, no. Because I don't think they're doing pedal taverns right now because of the global pandemic that we are still living in. But immediately when they pull up, they see that Justin has his guitar and Lauren's kind of, like, shitting on him for it. She's like, oh, my God, he has his guitar. Is he going to sing for us? But Audrina is excited to see him. They hug and Justin does not greet any of the other women. So the group that is traveling through the airport, it's Justin Bobby, Lauren, Lo, Audrina, and Jilly Hendricks. And a lot of people ask me why Jilly wasn't a part of the Hills. And I'm assuming because she just wanted to be like a sidekick. I'm guessing that's it. I don't know if I'm correct. But they're all trying to figure out what to do with their luggage. Um, they're trying to figure out if they want to do the curbside check or go inside. And they ask Justin what he thinks. And he goes, I don't care. I'm carrying it on anyway. It doesn't matter to me. So they end up just like getting annoyed with him. And they go inside to check their luggage because they don't have time for Justin Bobby and his bullshit. But they're waiting in line at security. And Lauren goes, Justin, are you going to serenade us? And then Jilly Hendricks has some funny lines. She just goes, I asked him and he said no. She's very dry sense of humor. If you don't follow her on Instagram or Twitter, I highly recommend it. She's very funny. But it's just a really awkward scene. And you know Audrina's probably hating it because she's like, oh my God, Lauren's going to be mad at me because Justin's here. And just get ready for that. Keep that in the back of your head for later this episode. But now we land in Vegas. And let me tell you something. I fucking love Las Vegas. I've gone to Vegas three times, twice, two or three times. I turned 21 in Vegas. I have posted the photo on my Instagram story of me just sleeping on my brother's shoulder But it is a fucking blast. Like, I don't know how my brother lived there and could, like, survive there. Because I would be at the casino every night. I've only stayed at Bally's. And I recommend it to anyone who wants to go to Vegas. 
go to Bally's because it's cheap. It's right on the strip and you have a good time. <laughs> that's that's how I feel. All right. I want to go on a little bit of a Vegas rant because I really love Vegas. But I think one of the coolest things is that one thing you can do if you're a woman, you can play dumb pretty easily. Like, you know, to play dumb. And what I mean by that is I know how to play blackjack. I'm really good at card games. My papa taught me when I was younger. I know all of them, poker, 500, rummy, whatever, blackjack. I'm, I'm good at them. I know how to, you know, I know what to do in blackjack. But one thing I like to do when I am at a casino, which doesn't happen often because, again, I don't have a ton of money. And if I went to a casino, I would blow all my money and not give one fuck. But anyway, I was kind of like, I mean, I was drunk, but I was like, oh, my God, I'm not sure. What should I do? What should I do? And I ended up winning $500 because I played all those fools. All right. All right, back to back to the episode, Kelly. No more about your like fit, your Vegas love. So they're staying at the Palms Hotel, and again, that's where I celebrated my twenty-first birthday. How exciting! One thing I do remember is obviously I fell asleep, threw up in ice buckets. It was not a good time. My brother had to spend a lot of money, so I didn't kick it. Bleh, so I didn't get kicked out of the club. And I remember like going to the bathroom, and I had slept for three hours, so I was fine because I did not continue to drink. I took a nap. And I just remember going into the bathroom, walking out of the stall, looking at my friend Devin, and I go, Polly D lives here, and the Hills partied here. We, we're here right now. And that was that. <laughs> okay, back to the episode for real now. But we see Brody, Frankie, and Taylor doing a cheers to Brody's birthday. I wrote Charlie. It's not Charlie. His name's Taylor, and Charlie comes in later, I believe. But there's a knock on the door, and Frankie's like, it must be room service. Because Frankie's so fucking annoying. But he's like, it must be room service. And he like takes out his wallet and he's like, Brody, let me pay for room service. I'll pay for room service this time. Because <laughs> Frankie's a fucking hysterical guy, I guess. But Brody's like, no, I'm not taking your money. And then he opens the door and everyone's standing there. He gets a big hug from Lauren. Everyone's saying hi to each other. Even Justin Bobby's saying hi. Because apparently Brody and Bobby get along really well. I guess I should have said Brody and JB, but I think Brody and Bobby just kind of rolled off the tongue a little bit better. But anyway, they all do a cheers to Brody's birthday because you know Brody. Oh, my God. I don't know if I could really party with him at this age or maybe at like a club. But he seems like someone who gives a speech before every single shot. And like, I don't have time for that. Neither does Justin Bobby because before he finishes his speech, Bobby just <laughs> sorry, I keep calling him just Bobby. Justin Bobby just throws the shot back. He's like, fuck it, you kids. But I just looked to see if he was way older than all of them. He's only two years older than Brody, and Frankie is actually a year older than Justin Bobby. So right now, Brody's 36, Justin Bobby's 38, and Frankie Delgado is 39. Now we have to go back to boring Bolt House Productions because we have to remind ourselves that Heidi and Spencer are cast members. But Elodie is talking shit to Michelle, and we find out that Elodie actually gave her notice. And she's like, I just want to move to a company where I can grow. And where I can... Her voice is kind of nasally. She's like, you know, I just want to move to somewhere where I can grow. And that's not here. And that's fine. And, but I love how she's like, I gave my notice. But today's my last day. So, yeah. But Heidi walks in. And Elodie gives her a dirty look, of course. And then goes and takes a seat while Heidi sits in her office. Because remember, Heidi has that office because she got that promotion. And Brent ends up coming in to ask Heidi to work an Emmy's party. I believe he says an Emmy's party and it's on Saturday. And Heidi's like, well, that's my um, that's my anniversary night. So I don't I can't do that. I can't do that night. If I get someone to cover my shift, can I please 
do that? And he's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. He's like, as long as it's covered, I don't care what you do. Even if someone covers your shift, just get the job done. So Heidi goes to Elodie and asks her to cover the Emmys event. And Elodie's like, anything for you, Heidi. I will absolutely do that. And Heidi's like, again, Heidi's like, you know, it's not personal, right? Like, this is all just business. And Heidi and Elodie's like, yes, of course, it's all just business. And I don't know why Heidi feels the need to say that every single time she sees Elodie. Now we're back in Vegas. Let's, I wish this was all Vegas. Like I said, I wish this whole episode was Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. But we're in the Lauren and Lowe and Jilly Hendricks hotel room. And Lowe is very stressed because Justin has not said a word to them. And Lauren's response is actually like, it's a good response for Lauren. Because I feel like sometimes she's not very self-aware. But she goes, well, I don't blame him. I wasn't very nice to him either. And then Lo wants to make a bet. And I don't know if bet's the right word. I feel like she wants to make a a goal, a game, a competition. But she basically says, first one to make Justin Bobby smile wins. So the group ends up going to a steakhouse and Brody and Lauren are being cozy. She wants to sit next to him. And it's only his 24th birthday. So I mean, this is what, 12 years ago, which is pretty wild to think about. But Brody ends up doing a little like Spidey speech because he's still very hurt over everything that happened between him and Spencer. And get ready for it because we're about to hear Mr. Brody talk about how much he hates drama because Brody doesn't like being involved in drama. Brody is a bro. Brody likes to be chill, okay? You know what? I don't know where Spencer and Heidi are. His birthday is exactly eight days before mine. Did he call you or anything? No, I texted him happy birthday because it's his birthday. I will always love him. He always has a place in my heart, but at the same time, it's this. Somebody who thrives on drama, me, I want to separate myself from that person because I want to just live life on a great time. Cheers to that. It's a life and two friends. That's right. That's the truth. So immediately after that little speech, Lowe decides to continue to try and pester Justin Bobby. And I feel like this is why I like Lo, because I see a lot of myself in her, and that's some shit I would do. Like, I know you're annoyed with me, but I also want to make you laugh. Like, I want to make you smile. I want to make you happy. And maybe I want to continue to annoy you, but make it a little nicer, right? But basically, Lo's like, we got him a shot. We bought Justin Bobby a shot. And Justin, Bobby, and Audrina show up late. They show up after the toast. Justin seems really fucked up. Like, he seems really out of it. He's not really talking. And Lowe's like, we bought you a shot. And Audrina says, no more shots. I mean, they're in Vegas. Of course they're fucked up. But now we're at a club. And I forget what the club's name is because I forgot to write it down. But Frankie tells Lauren that her and Brody need to try again. We tried. We tried, Frankie. And all we did was fight. Yeah, because of Spencer and Heidi. That's not how Brody talks. I mean, that's not how Frankie talks. Whatever, that's my Frankie voice for the moment. But we see Audrina and Justin Bobby being all cute. And then we see a very drunk low. And we all know this quote. We all know it. I just posted it on my Instagram. I just saw Lowe's Britney. What an iconic quote. And sometimes Lauren can be funny. Like that time I'm like, good job, Lauren. That's like a good sense of humor. That's very funny of you to say. But the next morning we are with Taylor, Brody, and Frankie. And Brody goes, we were out of our minds last night. And Taylor says, we're going to be out of our minds again tonight. And then Frankie starts pushing the whole Lauren Brody agenda. You and, you and Lauren just need to try again. You and Lauren just need to be together again. You guys are great together. You guys have so much fun. You're always flirting, blah, blah, blah. And Brody's like, no, no. So then Frankie says, nothing better than my two best friends dating. And Taylor quickly goes, me and Brody? And they all start laughing. And in that moment, I was like, why didn't we get to see more of Taylor? 
He seems funny. Now we're at the pool with the girls. All the girls minus Audrina. So we're with Lo, Lauren, and Jilly. And the girls haven't seen Audrina since last night. And Lo is still very upset about Justin Bobby not liking her, despite her efforts. I am going to play a clip from Lo being like, why doesn't Justin Bobby like me? And again, to me, that's very funny. I know it's annoying, but it's also like round two, Justin Bobby. I'm going to make you smile. I'm going to win my bet. So then Lauren, she's like, where are the boys? And Lo, of course, starts to lay into Lauren about Brody because, again, this is setting us up. We all want Brody and Lauren back together, even though they were never together in the first place. And my trust issue started there. But she's like, I don't know. I don't know, guys. We always fought. We always fought. I don't know. We're better off as friends. So we're still in Vegas at this point. We go to like a fake commercial break. We come back. And now we're at Pure Nightclub. And it's wild. I think if I was at a nightclub like that, I would probably have anxiety being like, all squished together. Whenever I went to clubs, it was in Providence, Rhode Island, and they were all gross. But they were never, like, packed, pushed together or anything like that. But Brody and Lauren start dancing together, and then we see Lo and Frankie making out. And Brody asks for a birthday kiss. And Lauren leans in and starts making out with Brody a little bit. And what's so funny is watching this on Amazon Prime, it's all like elevator music in the background. So they're all like dancing, having a good time. But the music's like... (laughs) Okay, so they're having fun at Pure Nightclub in Vegas. But now we're going to go back to LA. And we're at Don Antonio's for the Spidey anniversary meal. And when they walk up to their favorite booth, there are candles, there are roses... And Heidi's very happy. She's basically like, no, Elodie's covering my shift, so I'm so excited. And we have to remember, Elodie is not covering her shift because Elodie done quit, but did not tell Heidi. I also swear that scene, the Don Antonio scene to break up Vegas, is like eight seconds long. It's so fast. Because we're back in Vegas. We're back in Las Vegas. And we're on Brody's rotating bed. And it's all of them are on it. And Lauren gets it spinning, so they're all excited. And then we get into a fight. We get into a very drunk argument. And I'm going to play the audio clip. It is kind of hard to understand Audrina at one point because, again, she's wasted. They're all wasted. And talking about your friend's current boyfriend who is also kind of a piece of shit and hates you usually isn't a great drunk conversation. Save those for sober times. But I also know that that's like the other the time you want to really talk shit is when like you're wasted. But I'm going to play this audio clip, and all the girls are kind of getting into it. They're all annoyed with each other. Where's Justin? I don't know. Audrina, I'm my big friend. Justin hates us. I'm too. He hates Justin. We've really tried to be really nice, and he still just won't give us the time of day. He's trying to, like, be nice to all my friends. I don't care if he opens up. I don't need to... Justin, I get it. 
so while she's yelling, like, I'll never talk to him again, whatever, Lauren gets up and leaves because she's like, I'm leaving. I'm not dealing with this. Okay, Lauren, like, you're above this. But maybe she realized right now wasn't the time or place to talk about it. So what happens is Lauren goes and sits out by the pool and Audrina leaves. But back at Don Antonio's, Heidi answers her phone and Spencer goes, it's very rude to answer phone calls during anniversary dinners. And she gets a call from whoever that girl is, Michelle, I think. And we find out that Elodie isn't at the event. And you just hear Heidi go, she quit yesterday? And Heidi has to leave to pick up the mess. And Heidi's like, I love you. I really love you. And he goes, no, you don't. And they leave Don Antonio's. And yeah, Elodie done, Heidi dirty. And it's actually kind of funny because you don't never see Elodie again. Or maybe we do eventually, but I feel like we don't see her again. And that's such like a boss move to go out on. But I know she hates the way she was portrayed on the hills. She's said that before. But I'm kind of like, no, Elodie, you're badass like I was a big fan of Elodie but we are back in Vegas we are back with Lauren and Brody and we want them together at this point they're being very drunk very cute very cuddly and they're laying on an outdoor bed and Brody tells her the problem he's she he's like the problem with Justin is low not you and Lauren just goes what's the problem she called him Justin Bobby that's the issue so Brody's trying to just see everybody's point he just keeps saying I see everybody's point I see everybody's point And Lauren goes, I'm sick of arguing with you. So what do they do? They end up sharing a sweet little kiss and then they cuddle. They end up cuddling and that is the end of the episode. Just straight up tugging on our heartstrings because we know Brody and Lauren aren't meant to be. They're not going to happen and that makes me sad because I loved them so hard. I rooted for them so fucking hard on the hills. How dare they trick me like that? But overall, I think this is a very fun episode. I think this whole episode should have been Vegas only. But, you know, we have to be reminded that Heidi and Spencer are still a part of the cast. Now, before I get into all the things that have happened on reality TV, I want to talk about two things. Number one, I don't know if you've heard, but Chris Trousdale from Dream Street passed away at age 34 due to COVID-19. And I had the biggest crush on him. He had the spikiest hair and I was like obsessed with him. I remember having a picture of him on my wall growing up. So that's really sad. But Dream Street ended up getting together. The four members that are still alive ended up getting together and sang, dedicated it to Chris. I highly recommend that you check it out. They sing It Happens Every Time. And it's beautiful. And I cried very heavily. The only thing that really, like, distracted me were Jesse McCartney's eyebrows, and if you watch it, you'll see what I'm talking about. Another thing I wanted to talk about, my girl Kelly Clarkson, they filed for divorce. Her and her husband filed for divorce. Well, she filed for divorce. There have been a lot of blinds saying that he cheated on her, and let me tell you something. If that is true, Brandon, you are not a good person. (laughs) If you hurt Kelly Clarkson, you hurt me, and I'll fuck you up. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I won't. I won't. That's not a threat. I am not going to hurt anybody physically or anything, okay? But maybe we'll get like a really good album out of it. Is that selfish? That's a very selfish thing for me to say. First of all, I hope Kelly's okay. I hope Kelly's doing well, okay? I hope their children are doing well. Okay, now I'm going to say that I hope we get like a badass album from this because I would love some like My December type shit to come from this breakup. But I will say that was a celebrity breakup I did not see coming. This is kind of like older celebrity news, not older, but like two weeks old, I guess. But Lily Reinhardt came out as bisexual. So that's out there and that's interesting. 
I do think her and Cole are officially done, so I don't think they're going to get back together. And now I just want to like talk about more like a personal thing. I feel like lately a lot of us have been going through a lot of different emotions. Obviously, we're in a global pandemic. We are seeing so much police brutality. We are seeing so many people speak up against it, which is beautiful. I'm so happy. But I feel like right now, a lot of us are going through a lot of different emotions about whatever it may be, just life in general. And I will say the past week, I'm going to just put it out there. It's been really hard for me to even get out of bed. I, my, I've been so depressed because everything's just so heavy right now. I feel like I'm not like comfortable in my own skin at the moment. I feel like whatever I say isn't going to be right. And I just like lay in bed getting re- instead of getting ready for work. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck am I doing? Do, uh, do you ever feel like that? I guess I, I like to make this podcast a little more personal, not just pop culture, not just... Laguna Beach in the hills, not just that stuff. But I just feel like we need to check in on ourselves more. There's so much happening in the outside world. I think it's really easy to forget to check on yourself. I am someone who does that all the time. I am someone who will put energy into helping other people and then like not take time for myself. And one thing I actually did over this past weekend is I actually went shopping for the first time in a long time. And obviously a lot of things were closed because of the pandemic. But I actually went to Old Navy and I found clothes I really liked and I bought them. And I bought jeans even though I'm not the size I want to be. And I had a conversation with my mom about my weight and I got really just open with her. And I was like, I've always been the bigger girl and it's really hard for me. And I feel like talking about my weight is something I'm very uncomfortable with. Because I'm somebody, I'm like, you know, feel comfortable in your body. You should really empower yourself. And it's like, I don't take my own advice when it comes to that. I'm very good at giving that advice. I'm very good at empowering other people. But when it comes to myself, I'm like, oh, maybe not. I don't know. I just, I feel like I had to get that out there. Um, You know, a lot of you know, I live in Nashville. I'm away from my friends and family. And I have two friends who are what I call do-nothing friends. And what I mean when I say that, it sounds bad, I guess, when I say it out loud, but those are the friends I can hang out with and not do anything, right? I don't need to worry about going out to dinner. I don't need to worry about getting drinks. We can just hang out together. And this past few few weeks, I've just felt so... I can't explain it because I guess it is me, right? Like, I am dealing with my own inner struggles at the moment. But I'm always just like... Everything in Nashville has to be such a big production and I miss not doing anything with my friends. I miss hanging out with my friends and just sitting there and talking shit, watching Netflix, doing whatever. But I feel like I'm just missing that at the moment. And again, a lot of people don't really want to hang out because of the pandemic. But Saturday, I ended up hanging out with my friend Eric and we went to a restaurant. It was my second first visit to a restaurant. And it was just like so nice and it was so nice to be around everybody. But even him and I were talking and he's like, you know, it's almost normal, but it's not normal. And I just keep thinking about that. I'm like, you know, I want things to get back to normal. I want things to be normal again, but it's just tough. So I just want to like say that. So if you're feeling alone, feeling like it's hard to get out of bed, I think you just have to be honest with yourself. Do a little check, do a little check on yourself and just... Keep trucking, man, because I'm proud of you. And I think if you can get yourself out of bed and get motivated, like that is such a step in the right direction. But I do think I need to hold myself accountable for self-love. I need to do more self-love. I need to be my own hype woman because I'm very good at being hype women for other people. But I need to start, you know, 
being my own hype woman. So let's talk about Taylor from, I think she was actually on The Real World with Corey. She's also been on Teen Mom, OG, as Corey's second baby mama. She got fired. MTV cut ties with her. She said that she didn't want to be on reality TV anymore. But I don't think that's true. I think that Corey is like one of the thirstiest men I've ever seen on reality TV. And I couldn't picture him wanting to like break that like reality TV bond. I don't know if that makes sense. But back in 2012, Taylor had a bunch of really racist tweets. And I'm not going to read them. If you want to know what they said, you can Google them. They're really disgusting. And I get, I understand why she was fired, right? I understand why MTV wanted to cut ties with her. I don't blame them for wanting to have her own up for her words. But one thing I will say about this situation that I don't like is that they used it as a storyline. So they've been aware that these tweets were out there and it was actually a storyline between Cheyenne and Taylor. And Cheyenne had a conversation with her and spoke about how much it hurt to read those and how now she's going to be, well, at the time she wasn't, but she's likely going to be a stepmother to a half-black child. And I actually thought it was a really great conversation. And to have MTV be like, you know what, that was a good storyline, but not anymore, now we're firing you. I just, I don't understand that. I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks that way. Again, I understand why Taylor was let go. The words she chose were disgusting. And one thing I really hate is when people say that they were young. Because I have known the N-word was bad since I was a kid. And I knew not to tweet it. I knew not to say it. I still know not to tweet it. I still know not to say it. It's not a word that you just throw around casually, at least in my opinion. And I've talked to a few followers about this, and I was kind of nervous to talk about it on the podcast. But I grew up in a very All Lives Matter type family. And I'm sure if you were to look at some of my tweets from 2012, you would see one that says All Lives Matter. I'm sure of it. Like, I'm, I'm sure I said something like that. And I have educated myself. I, I'm the only one in my immediate family to go to a four-year college. I have really taken a step back. And I was able to educate myself and understand that, you know, saying Black Lives Matter doesn't mean all lives don't matter or whatever, whatever um, argument people want to get into. So I, I know that I've been able to grow since 2012, but I also know that I wasn't using hateful terms like the N-word. So in my opinion, yeah, you should have to live, you should have repercussions for the words that you say. I do think for Taylor's case, I do think she's grown. I do think she's learned a lot of things. Hopefully, at least I hope. I don't, I don't know her personally, obviously. But for MTV to all of a sudden be like, no, we're firing her over those tweets rather than, I don't know. It just, it rubs me the wrong way that it was a storyline and now she's fired because of it. Like it worked when you wanted it to work. I don't know. It's just... I want energy to be used across all playing fields, right? Like, you knew those tweets were out there, and you decided to have a storyline based on them. For Taylor, in Taylor's case, I would have liked to see a more educational, instead of just firing her off the bat, MTV should do something educational with it. They should have a conversation. They should do something Because soon, MTV's not going to have any fucking cast members for any of their shows because 99% of the people from their shows are trash. And when I say that, I mean shows now like Teen Mom, The Challenge, Siesta Key, um, Floribama Shore, Jersey Shore. Right now, it seems like they're focusing mostly on The Challenge because I don't know if you follow it, but last week, Dee 
who was on the ch- just the challenge, but I think she was on Gordy Shore Takes Australia or something. I might be wrong. But she had a lot of tweets at people as well. She decided to kind of attack Bailey and tell Bailey she doesn't understand what Black Lives Matter means. And it was just a big snowball effect. And Dee just kept like pouring gasoline on the fire, standing up for... <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck. But MTV cut ties with her. And now I think for every episode of the challenge, it's going to be heavily edited to keep D out of it as much as possible. To be honest, I wish they wouldn't edit her out because she is the villain this season and people will still dislike her no matter how much she's in the episode. But basically, Wes ended up coming out and saying how Dee's not in a great headspace and he's trying to help her and educate her and all this stuff. So Dee sent out an apology, of course, as they do. But then like one day later, she's like, actually, I'm going to sue them. So I don't know if she's actually learned anything from this. And one thing about Dee, I I mean, again, I'm not sticking up for her. I think she deserves to be let go. I think that she's an ignorant person and all this stuff. But I also think she's probably kind of going through it because she's the villain this season and people are being really nasty to her. Again, You can't be racist. I'm saying that. But the way Wes made it seem like he made it seem like Dee is having a really tough time mentally anyway. I mean, I hope she can learn from this experience. I actually I didn't like Dee, but I thought she was a really good competitor. So like I kind of rooted for her just because she could handle her shit and like could actually play the game well and do challenges really well. But she has to own up. She has to own up for what she's done. And I wonder if MTV is going to keep this energy for everybody. I mean, they kept Camilla on the challenge after she called Leroy the N-word, after she went after Nelson. It took them a really long time to get rid of Camilla. And she was horrible. She was openly terrible. Like I said, she called Leroy the N-word right on screen. And MTV was just kind of like, meow. Like, you know how they always have PSAs at the end? The PSA was probably like, if you know someone who's been verbally abused, call this hotline. Or whatever they say. Again, this is probably why MTV is never going to work with me, but I've come to accept that. That's why I'm that's why I'm being this open. But I just wonder how MTV is going to handle, say, Jordan. Let's talk about Jordan. And what sucks is I, again, think Jordan is a great competitor, but also a piece of shit a little bit. Taylor's tweets were in 2012. Jordan's season of the real world was 2012. Okay, so that's why I'm saying the years, because it has been eight years, but if Taylor can get fired for her tweets... Jordan should be fired for what he did on his season of The Real World. Now, what happened was him and Naya got in a fight and he started making monkey noises at Naya, who is a black woman. He then started saying, you're about to see some N-word shit. He was in her face calling her a monkey, calling her the N-word, calling her all these disgusting things. So um, I believe it was Marlon was the other guy on the season and he's black as well. And he confronted Jordan about it and was like, that was a racist thing to say. You can't do that. And Jordan got mad and was like, no, I am not a racist. You're trying to make this a race thing. Well, you know, you can't do those things and expect like a great outcome, Jordan. But I know a lot of people, I've gotten a lot of DMs being like, well, there's a lot of growth there. Like he seems to have grown. And I think Tori's helped him. But even like a few seasons ago, he was rapping like him and Jemmy were having a like freestyle thing. And he said she had a Down syndrome face. Like it's just I think there are patterns and I think people can be edited a certain way. I do think that. 
But I think Jordan has gotten a very nice edit. I also think someone like Johnny Bananas has had a really good edit. I think Zach should have to, you know, he's misogynist. I guess, like, I'm also like, is it just race stuff or is it, like, misogynistic, homophobic stuff, too? What are we, are we only mad at one thing or can someone be a piece of shit in a different way? I mean, even with, like, teen, I keep saying I mean, I'm sorry, I'm catching myself. But even on Teen Mom, they still have Amber, who's getting a fantastic edit this past season. Granted, all she does is sit on the couch if she's not, like, flipping out about something. But I think it just goes to show that they don't really care. It took so long to get David off of Teen Mom 2. David had to literally kill a puppy to get kicked off the show. And that was just, like, one of the many, many things that David did. Speaking of David, he just got arrested for assault and battery charges because... Janelle left again and she went back to get some things and David pulled out a gun and hit her friend in the head with it. So yeah, those are the kind of people who MTV currently employs. And there are a lot of great people on MTV. I will say that as well. I'm just curious to see how they're going to handle everything because I don't think you can just fire two females and be like, okay, we're done, right? Like, no, you have to go after the golden boys of MTV, in my opinion. I'm just curious to see what is going to happen. I've read some spoilers or like, you know, sources from Twitter. I don't know how real they are that Johnny's going to just retire after this season anyway. So he doesn't end up getting in any hot water and that Jordan is going to take like a three to five season break. But how come Dee and Taylor get fired, but Jordan only gets suspended? It's just you have to keep that energy. You have to keep that energy all together. Like, in my opinion, you can't just pick and choose who you're going to be mad at. All right, everybody, I'm so excited. We have Ryan Bailey, his podcast, So Bad, So Good It's Bad. Did I say it wrong? I'm sorry. So Bad, so bad It's Good. You're already doing, it's already great. That's You can really say it any way you want. In fact, I, you know, just whatever you want to call it is great. You know what? I'm not cutting that part out because that was good. <laughs> so Wait, you know what we should do? We should swap titles one week. Like, I become <laughs> Laguna Biatch. And you become so bad, it's good. And we'll see if anybody figures it out. Yeah, so you guys are getting the inside scoop on a big switcheroo that's going to happen. <laughs> Wait, has any of your family ever gotten given you, like, hard time for being called Laguna Biatch? No, my dad actually thinks it's funny. He always calls me Biatch. Okay, good. Because, like, I can just see my mom going, I just don't like when people call you Biatch. No, I think they, they think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> But you guys, as you can see, we have Ryan. I love his podcast. I've been on it twice, and he actually just had Faith on his podcast. How was yeah, that? Was they, that awesome? They, it was, yeah, it was like, I mean, it was amazing because, you know, everything in this past couple of weeks, just with the, the Stasi and, of course, the Black Lives Matter movements, you know, so it was like a really interesting time to speak with her, to be able to, to get to speak with her. And it really shows us, and I know this might not be as jokey as, as we usually can be, but... You know, it shows really how divided we are in so many ways because I was so excited to speak with her and she was so genuine and I really uh, appreciated her story and where she was coming from and it really came off to me as like a very genuine person and, and you know, and she wasn't claiming any kind of moralistic high ground in her past with the show or anything. She was talking about a certain experience on the show, but it's just interesting and it shows you um, – you know how we're just we're still in a place where we're really not ready to listen you're like we're really we've made up our minds on a lot of people and like my dad was telling me like this a couple weeks ago it's like we gotta you know we can't you know we can't hate so much we gotta listen we gotta leave room for all sides and 
you know, it was just interesting putting that interview out, and I was really proud of it. Um, and I thought she was so good and, and, and just a really good story that had some tragic elements to it. And it's just interesting to see, like, a lot of people go like, oh, my God, that's so amazing to hear her version of it. I really appreciate that. But still, a good number of people kind of push back on that and say, well, how dare her? You know, she's just uh, she's just out for attention, blah, blah, blah. And, and like, first off, I'm like, okay, you obviously didn't listen to it. But, right. you know, you know, like, who would, who would put themselves, like, People were legitimately like somebody wrote on my Instagram was like, "Oh, she's just looking for her 15 minutes." And I said, "Yeah, okay, that makes sense." She had the cops called on her, the military police called on her, almost lost a job because of two girls trying to get her fired, and she literally had to call the police station to see if there was an active uh, investigation on her. Imagine having to do that, and then you know, in in this lady's head, she then waited two years until the Black Lives Matter movement picked up steam and then she was able to get Estasi and Kristen. I'm sorry, but there's easier ways to get your 15 minutes of fame, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I feel like out of the whole Vanderpump Rules cast, the one who, you know, seems to have the biggest name is Stasi. So I don't think she'd, I mean, for me, she wouldn't be the one who I'd want to go against. No, God. And by the way, God, I don't know if I'm breaking news on this podcast, but uh, did you hear Stassi's pregnant? Do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> do you think that that's all PR? Do you think... No, no one, can you I tell what? you what I think is going to happen? Yes. So I don't think she's going to release a statement, and yes. I don't think she's going to say she's pregnant or anything, and then she's going to end up not being pregnant, and she won't get in trouble because she never said she was. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting... The only thing is, I feel like, and you probably noticed... This too, because the viewers and all of us, we're becoming so smart, you know, and I mean, like, we're still very stupid in our own right, too, but like, we have access to so much information. So, what you know, this in, in, in studying the Hills cast members is that, you know, immediately we found out that Kristen and Saucy signed up to the same PR company that specialized in uh, crisis management. Mm-hmm. So, that's what they specialized. They signed last week with them. And then all of a sudden, these these stories get planted. And, and how that works is that, like, the PR company will reach out to their contacts at Us Weekly, People Magazine, you know, all of those things, and, and say, here, we're feeding you a story. And then they run that story. So it's a really interesting thing is that this – I do think Saucy is pregnant. Okay. I, I do. And I don't want to take anything – I am very hesitant because I was just talking to my friend Megan about this and she uh, had a little pushback on the timeline of the pregnancy and saying like, well, I think she was, she might be pregnant. She might've been pregnant a lot longer than you're saying. Cause in my head, it's a very early pregnancy, five to six weeks. If you, cause I was sorry if I'm blabbing, this is a lot of information. No, no, I appreciate Cause I said, she, you're the expert. Well, so she on her podcast before it was pulled from iTunes, and I think maybe on Jackie Schimmel's, she was talking about getting hammered with Bo to where she was like legit, like legitimately like blacked out. And this was about, I think, five weeks ago. And they shot the Vanderpump Rules reunion at the end of April, I believe. And um, God, by the way, I don't even know what month we're at. We're in June, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that's what quarantine does. Like I swear to God, I have no idea. But like I think this is, and I know, by the way, and I, I, I had a lot of people reach out to me ladies since I don't know exactly how pregnancy works is that just because you get blackout drunk doesn't mean you're not pregnant but I don't 
I don't think they were trying because you also have to remember Stassi was planning on her wedding being filmed on the show. Right. Her wedding was set for October. It was potentially going to be in Italy, and of course, COVID changed a lot of that. But there was still an outside chance that that was going to be able to happen. Now, if you know Stassi from the show, you also know... You know, we've seen her grow through the years, but she's also still a very vain person in the sense of she wants to look beautiful. She wants, I mean, and I believe a lot of us are like that, but Stassi especially. So there's no part, if we know Stassi as the quote unquote character, we know she would laugh at somebody that was pregnant at their own wedding, right? Yeah. Like that's just something that Stassi, I don't think, would allow her to even be photographed with, you know? So. I do think it is interesting, the timing. It might have been my accident. It might not have. I definitely believe she is pregnant, but I do believe it is very early on in the pregnancy where you, where normal people wouldn't announce it at this point. You know, like I believe you're supposed to announce after 12 weeks. Is that right? I think that's by right. Way, by, by the way, we both, have, we, don't, we both don't have kids. I'm like, I know. Kelly, is that right? How do you, what do you used to do with kids? Um, <laughs> no, but I'm just saying the timing is so weird because it's so think about it. So if you break it down is that the firing happened now, they, or the, the, the story first came up last Thursday or like a week and a half ago because uh, Faith did a Instagram live with um, uh, one of the characters from Floribama Shore. And this came out because a lot of people on the Instagram Live were like, hey, uh, what about Vanderpump Rules? Did you do this to Jax? Did you do this to... And she started telling her stories because people were asking. And she didn't go on that Instagram Live. And if you watch it, you definitely know is that she didn't go on to like try to start stuff with with Stassi and Kristen. Like that, that was just not even... You know, she's been living with this for two years and she's kind of moved past it. She's like done the challenge she's done sex mm-hmm. on the beach you know she had a child she has a newborn baby she wasn't looking to get anybody fired like she was actually looking to go on there with her friend uh who's african-american as well and and talk about this black lives matter movement because the 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 lady from Fuller Bama shore had also been arrested at a protest so she thought that was fascinating and wanted to talk about that this whole side thing she did not count for and it kind of exploded and that's why these you know, us fans right now, we're, it's, we're such a really weird key component of all of this is that the fans took that and ran with it. Like, it, it kind of spread like wildfire over the internet. Right. Like, on Instagram. Like, I mean, it just kind of exploded. Like, and and fans were calling for Like, they were, like, going back, finding everything that Stassi had ever interviewed about on her own podcast, on Jackie Schimmel's podcast, what she said about the Oscars, what she said about um, the Me Too movement. Like, they went, I mean, it was heavily documented that Stassi has had a problematic past. And we talked about that on my podcast before December, there was like an episode I did with Raven from Mainly Bravo, um, and and it was all about the problematic side of Bravo. And we had talked about how Stassi has really skipped a lot of things, or she's managed to kind of roll over a lot of drama. And I think this was just this this moment in time where we're at is so important that she did do a lot of things wrong. And people are like, well, can't she learn from that? And it's like, yeah, she definitely can learn from it. I hope she is going to learn from it. But sometimes things are taken away because of that. You know, is that like Bravo did have to make a decision and she was, um, you know, she, you know, I, I don't, I don't see how they couldn't have not fired her at that point because there is a history of this. There's been many, many instances of this. Uh, and I think just for the time we're at, but regardless of that, she then waits four days until like last Sunday to 
give an apology, right. a written apology on Instagram. And her and Kristen both released theirs within minutes apart. Which and they're is like the exact same almost. Yeah, it's like, you know, Kristen's a little more maybe heartfelt by like 5%. Right. Um, Stassi seems like straight out of a PR's mouth. Like we, the, the, the issue with Stassi is that like we're used to like, the reason we like Stassi or whatever is because we hear it from Stassi's voice. Whether it be her podcast, whether it be her talking heads on Vanderpump Rules, we really hear what she thinks at all times. And to have some kind of bland PR statement from somebody that is known for putting things in their own words is horrific on her part or Bravo's part. I don't know if she was under a gag order at the time. Who knows? But if whoever told her not to speak is really should be losing their job because for somebody that's so used to speaking, she should have put herself on Instagram, recorded an apology in her own words so we saw her eyes, so we we saw her emotion. You know, Jackie Schimmel uh, did an apology because she was part of this in a in a way. She wasn't you know, she was just she they were on her podcast and she gave like to me, I don't know Jackie, I don't I don't listen to her podcast, but she gave a very eloquent apology and saying like, hey I am going to do better. I don't edit my podcast. These things are, unfortunately happen. I am learning. And, you know, to me, it was a very believable, heartfelt apology. And she got ahead of this thing. And Stasi, you know, when you let that many days pass, you just get anger. Like, you know, we're in a very angry time right now for a lot of reasons. And and I think Stasi really didn't benefit from that, you know, and, and it, it cost her her job. Then shoot back to... The, uh, the the crisis and the crisis team is is handled, and then by the end of the week, we got this past Thursday, we had a us uh, uh, no a Life and Style magazine magazine article drop that says you'll you know you'll be shocked how much Stassi Schroeder is worth, <laughs> and it put her it put her value is over two million dollars. So right there, we have a PR planted story right. in my experience where. They want to let us know is that, hey, Stasi got fired. Well, she doesn't need to worry because she's got money. Like, so, and I, in my head, I was like, well, that's kind of toned up because wouldn't you then want, if, if there was an article about me and money, wouldn't it, wouldn't you want to have it included? And she also donated $50,000 to Black Lives Matter. Cause, exactly. You know, like, wouldn't you, but it was not, it was just saying she, and so I thought that was a weird thing to do. But then I was talking to my friend and she was like, oh, that's them saying, she is not destitute. She is strong. She is going to be fine. And then the next day, we got the first shot of Bo and Stassi out, um, out, out and about in Los Angeles, and it was fine. It was just like okay. So that was in Daily Mail. That was in everywhere. And it was like there was nothing about pregnancy. There was nothing. It was just Bo and her. And then if you look deeper at the company that took those photos. Uh, I'm trying to remember the company's name. I, I don't know if it's Splash. Is or... it Backsplash? I think it's yes. I yeah, yes. That's who the Jenners yeah, I... use or Kardashians use. Exactly. So, so what Kelly is talking is, is that Kardashians will like. I think Tracy Morrissey said this on her Instagram. Is that she? You know, is that Car- Kim wanted to show that she had not gained any weight during quarantine, so she rented a beach house. And called backslash, and there's like pictures of her in a swimsuit of her like standing looking at the ocean, so we can see that Kim has a skinny tummy, right? And you know, but so they're they're you know, and by the way, your podcast knows it most, like you know, the people that did this first and best are Heidi and Spencer, exactly, you know? exactly. 
I mean, they're pumpkin patch, uh, you know, <laughs> pumpkin patch. And he's like, th- those are still burned into my memory from like decade, decade plus ago, you know? Um, and it's crazy. So, like it, reality stars are still doing the same thing. Like Heidi and Spencer paved yeah, the way. Yes, That's what I'm saying. You know, that is, you know, it's using the media, uh, using the media for their own, good and putting these ideas in people's head and you see really how easy it is to do how these things can be manipulated and we can like you can plant stories and ideas in people's heads and i think that's so fascinating in terms of like pop culture so then you get the next day then well so by the way yeah that company was hired to do that for them and that is the same company that does the kardashians so we were like okay so they were called to take those photos then the next day is when we got the Stasi Schroeder pregnancy announcement. I believe that was Friday morning. Wait, was it? God, it was I'm Saturday. So I think it was yesterday. Sat- oh my God, it feels like a year ago. <laughs> it was, yeah. So, yeah, like, by the way, by the way, if anybody from Vanderpump Rules is like listening, please just stop. Give us all a break for a couple weeks. Like, it's too much. Like, too. Um, that's why I said, like I said, if I wake up and Jax is pregnant today, I'm going to throw away my phone. How like, do you I think, can't. how do you think Jax and Brittany feel about, um, all this attention on Bo and Stassi? Now they're pregnant. Like, I think Jax is going to explode. <laughs> yeah. You know, but Brittany's somewhere in Valley Village just like pounding shots and eating Hooters wings, you know? <laughs> um, but well, I, I want to get to Jax and Brittany in a second. Yeah. They play a part of this too. Absolutely. But like, so, so Yeah. We wake up on Saturday, 8.30, I get sent the the Stasi's pregnant, and I was like, bullshit, bull, I, I don't know, are we allowed to curse on your show? Oh, yeah. Okay, bullshit. Like, I was like, bullshit. Like, it's just too crazy, and I'm like, wait a sec. I was like, if that's the case, is Kristen about to announce a pregnancy too? Like, what is going on? And then, and then it comes back into play of those photographs. It makes those make a little bit more sense because they had a photograph of Stasi wearing a long like long blousey sweater that she you know there were shots of her pulling it over her stomach right so we have photos so they planted photographic proof that Stasi was trying to hide a bump in my opinion Bo had a bigger bump than Stasi, <laughs> but whatever um and that you know so that happened and then it was like off to the races because we are such an interesting fan base and we are kind of just we're rabid in in a, in a weird way is that you know i heard wild things i heard she's not pregnant i heard this you know this this is completely a pr stunt from you know because i had i heard people saying you know she's going to say she's pregnant and then in four weeks she's going to say she miscarried and that's going to be blamed on the the stress of being fired you know and she's gonna have bravo by the balls but isn't it funny though is that we now have completely taken the conversation away from from what stassi originally said from the real issue yeah yes and we've taken is because everybody listening i want to remind all of this started because of black lives matter because of this movement you know and a very important movement it is it wasn't a Vanderpump Rules movement. It was a Black Lives Matter movement. But now we've taken that that important issue off the table, and now it's a Stassi Vanderpump Rules issue. And now we've forgotten that entirely, and now it's just a Stassi's pregnant. You know, like all the Khaleesi's, like her her fan group or whatever, they're like, oh my god, all our wishes came true. She's pregnant. And like, oh, she's going to be a beautiful mother. So like, we've completely taken the conversation and any kind of responsibility away from Stasi, um, the thing that I worry about in in 
at the end of the day with that is that I am very, I think that's amazing that she's pregnant. I think that really is a cool thing. I think she and Bo, um, I think they will, I think they are a fun couple. I'm, I, 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 I'm all for that, but why not pull a Kylie? Why not go away for nine months? Why not go and like learn and like actually educate yourself on some of the things that you've said, maybe like kind of hear how it might've affected people in ways, how you've spoken. Uh, Stassi has built a brand on uh, what, like basic, like the, the, what is her book? The basic bitch guide or whatever. Yeah, it's been built on what? Um, ranch dressing and, and mur- Khaleesi. murder and, and playing Game of Thrones, but like I'm saying, like maybe now is the time not to be basic anymore. Now yeah. is the time to pivot to something more. Like we're we're past. Like maybe we we don't encourage everybody to be basic anymore. You know, we did that. It was great. We like we love ranch. We drank a lot of it, but like move <laughs> past it. You know, like so I find it weird. Like I thought the, one of the coolest things that Kylie did, what Kylie Jenner did she disappeared for nine months and she actually on that youtube video that got released you know remember remember that youtube video the 12 minute one about her pregnancy yeah like she ties she said like i wanted to do this for me and she really got to spend that time enjoying that pregnancy and i think it's i really i know that sounds weird to say but i really respected kylie jenner for that i thought that's a ballsy move for somebody to take themselves out of the public eye when they are so in the public eye, when that family, the Kardashians, are built on being in the public eye to remove yourself for nine months, that's like nine months of uh, of Chris Jenner ten percent paychecks. You know, right. I mean, like you know, like that's really ballsy on her part. And I just have to sometimes beg. I I keep going over in my mind uh, is that why why would Stasi allow? her pregnancy to be used in any kind of PR move. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I have a question, like it's kind of going off Bravo. Did you, cause obviously Stassi's you, I think she's using this for PR hundred percent. I am all about PR stunts, but this one just leaves kind of a bad taste in my mouth. But Weird. were you expecting them to be fired? Because I mean, they just had part one of the reunion where Max and, Brett, Brent, whatever his name is. I call them the damp boys because yeah, they always you, look you, wet. It's so funny. <laughs> I keep forgetting that they were fired too. Like like I how I forgot they were even on the show. Like right. it's so weird is that it's like kind of like I feel like Bravo were, were, would probably – I mean I was in, I was hoping that they would let them go regardless of even the stupid shit they said on Twitter. Um, but I was – I just didn't think they worked on the show at all. I thought yeah. it was like a really bad move misstep on the show just you know max didn't seem like he even wanted to be there he just seemed like he was sleeping halfway through the scenes and brett seemed so thirsty that he wanted to be in every scene and he just like to me it just came off so weird and just just not not organic in any sort of way even for a reality show and um so yeah like i didn't think they would be fired no i mean yeah because uh, they really like lisa sorry to cut you off but lisa like doubled down she's like no i'm not firing them so i was actually I mean, I was hoping that they'd be fired, but I was so surprised that they actually ended up firing. Obviously, I don't care about Max and Brett, but like Stassi and oh, Kristen, stop I was... it. You love Max and Brett. You have a huge <laughs> crush on Max and Brett, Kes. Stop. They're no Usher. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You guys, you Laguna Beach fans, 
Kelly came on my podcast, and it really still cracks me up to this day how much she loves Usher. Yeah. Like, she lo- she has a crush on Usher, and I guess a lot of people have a crush on Usher, but for some reason, every time she does the bop or flop on Instagram, and she'll put a Usher thing, I always kind of just chuckle to myself, <laughs> because I just th- I just think it's a sexually charged Instagram post. Always. If Usher's on it, it's sexually charged. <laughs> Wait, remember when Usher was, like, trying to be a film star, and he was, like, in the faculty and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I would have I would have been there for it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I went off topic. Yeah, Max and Brett. I didn't think they were going to be fired at all. I honestly, I thought they were going to ride it out. I bet Bravo thought that too. I thought it was going to die down. And, you know, there would be an apology and it would be accepted or whatever. I never thought Bravo would have the, not the courage. I just didn't think they thought they had to. And then I think it kept getting louder. I think they made a bad move in if they did put a gag order on Stassi and Kristen, I think they they should have insisted they apologize much quicker than three days later. I think they all shot themselves in the foot. And so I was shocked. Like, I, I'm still curious of how that works, but you have to realize it's not Bravo. It's NBC Universal. Right. Bravo is a subsidiary of this. And also, uh, I had posted something last week of like, I wonder, you know, how much Andy has to do with this. And I did get, I, you know, I did get a cast member that did reach out to me that said, hey, Andy has nothing to do with our show. Like, he he does the reunions. He, you know, watches our show, obviously. He, you know, but he has no control over firing. It's it's all, you know, of course, NBC Universal, Bravo, um, and the producers of Evolution Media. Now, so I watch MTV, obviously. I watch The Challenge, and I almost wish... Obviously, these cast members who have said racial things, they need to be off the air. They can't be on the show. But I wish that instead of just cutting ties, they did something more educational. Do you yes. feel that way about Bravo, too? Well, I mean, think about it. I think, well, see, and that's the other thing. People are like, oh, my God, they canceled Stassi and Kristen. No, nobody canceled Stassi and Kristen. Stassi and Kristen were removed from a show they worked on. Stassi and Kristen will still be able to grow and learn from this. And I think Stassi especially, if she plays her cards right, which I don't even think she is right now, but if she does, if she actually learns from this, I think she has such a strong, positive voice for young females that I do think she can come back and be even bigger. Because the reality of the situation is she outgrew that show anyways. Right. She, you know, I mean... She outgrew it. Like, I don't know about Kristen so much. I think she might be in for, like, I was like, you can't put Kristen on, like, the challenge. She's too old for that. You can't, I was trying to think of, like, where Kristen could, like, it's like, which major league team can we trade her to? And I just can't. It's probably YouTube. It's going to be YouTube. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Um, Well, that's what somebody, my friend had asked me if uh, I thought she was going to, Stassi was going to become a mommy blogger, and I don't. I don't think that. I think she's going to be still a reality star. I think she will have another podcast like that. I think in two years' time she can be even bigger than she is now. But I do have hesitation now because it doesn't. Because when it seems like she's so thirsty to stay in the public eye that she participated in all this, it doesn't really give me a good feeling that she's that she's taking the time to actually learn from what she did. Right. You know, wrong. And so I don't know if that necessarily is the journey that we would want to watch somebody in our reality shows go through. Like, would you want to watch, honestly, would you want to watch Stassi go through sensitivity training on a very special episode of Andrew Pump Rules? And I don't know my answer to that. I'm just trying to like think of the show it is and think of, I mean, and that's also, it's like moralistically, we got to think about like, where do we draw that line of like, okay, so it's 
we're cool with cheating. Like, that's fun to watch, right? Mm-hmm. Cheating is fun, but racism is not fun. Like, I mean, it's it's our moralistic, like, racism is completely wrong. But in that sense, like, cheating is completely wrong, right? Like, I mean, so we're saying that it's all right to cheat. That's exciting to watch on reality shows. Like, I think it, it just opens up this whole can of worms, which then brings us to Jax. Why wouldn't somebody like Jax get fired, right? Right. No, I agree with you. I'm waiting. I'm surprised he hasn't been fired yet. That's the big That's the big question is that, like, why hasn't he? Because, and, you know, there's a cancel Jax Taylor on Instagram that I'm sure you've seen. And they've gone through every horrible thing he said and done. Like, these people, and by the way, like, so many people have messaged me thinking it was me. And I was like, oh, my God, I... I I wish it was me. But by the way, Jax, if you, Jax, if you're listening, if you give me 25 grand, I will leave you alone. I will never say your name again. Like I will happily be bought out. But until then, Jax is one of the biggest assholes on reality TV, and like he's done so many horrible things, said so many horrible things about women, uh, homosexuals, um, transgender. Like he's really a rainbow of horribleness, mm-hmm. and he kind of parades it around this like, oh, I'm Christian and I love it. You know, it's like I just. I find it so weird, people who hide behind religion that have, like, usually done the worst things in terms of cheating, lying, all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I was, I actually said this earlier in the podcast, um, I was like, are they just going to fire people for racism? Or was someone who says, you know, a homophobic comment, should they, are they going to be fired too? Like, and I'm not saying racism, I mean, I think people should be fired for being racist. But also, like, you're saying homophobic things, you should probably get fired too. Yeah, I mean, that's weird. I mean, that is like, where do we, it it opens this whole can of things of like, okay, if that's not acceptable, then why is this acceptable? And then my dad also said, like, my, you know, I've made my parents watch Vanderpump Rules a couple times because (laughs) I'm a sadist. And they, my dad said, well, you know, you can't fire Jax because the show needs a villain. The show needs somebody that you hate. You know, like the show, like every show needs a villain. Right. But also, that's usually scripted TV, you know, when reality TV, like think about it, like you would, you would say at the original time on the Hills, Spencer was the villain, right? Exactly. So do you think you could, and, and I guess in the Hills, new beginnings, Spencer seemed definitely a kinder Spencer, right? I mean, I think Spencer's trash no matter what. I'm the wrong person <laughs> to ask. <laughs> I think you know he has saying? everybody like, like fooled. Spencer a chance to, learn and grow like do we want to see Jax learn and grow I mean I think he's out but once again I want to talk about my extreme paranoia now with all of this stuff is that Jax supposedly is was on the chopping chopping block I had a couple sources that say he was very very, like is very close to potentially being let go but then this is the craziest week in all of Vanderpump Rules all of a sudden on I believe Wednesday night Wednesday night or Thursday night, we find out that Sherry Cartwright, Brittany's mother, had a um, a bowel surgery that um, went uh, something happened uh, something went wrong in the surgery and she was in an ICU. So this got released on Thursday night through, and this is weird how it all ties together. We found this out through Chris Dotson, the homophobic pastor that was originally going to marry them, made a Facebook post saying, please pray for my good friend and parishioner, Sherry Cartwright, who is in the ICU after, you know, her surgery went wrong for something like a bowel obstruction. And so all of a sudden, we have this story out there about Brittany's mom in intensive care. 
And that was a couple days ago. And this is how like jaded I am was I was like, no, there's no way. There's no they there's no way they would plant a story about Britney's mom. But what a weird time to get because when I think about that, I immediately sympathize, right? Yeah. Immediately, because who wants their mom to ever be in the hospital and have something? Like, it's just horrible to think about. No matter if it's Jack's, Brittany, like, you don't want that for anybody. But I will say I immediately started getting sympathy for Jackson, Brittany, which then if we're going to go back to the Stassi stuff, it fits right into that same box. Like, how weird is that? That all happens in the same week. How weird is that? Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's been such a crazy week for reality TV, for sure. But do you ever feel like, like, when do we ever get to, like, know the truth? Like, you know, it's like on the hills. Like, the last scene of the hills was, like, they pull back and they show how, like, lit and shot it is and how it's kind of fake and all this stuff. Is that, like, will we ever get to find out what actually happened? And I think that's another reason why Vanderpump Rules is kind of slowly not working anymore is because the outside story is becoming way more entertaining and suspenseful than what they've shot. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think with Vanderpump Rules especially, so I'm a newer watcher, like I haven't watched since the beginning, but I think you can tell, even with Teen Mom, I'll say Teen Mom because I know Teen Mom better, you can tell that the cast is too involved with production and it takes away from the show. Yes, like, you know, that's why the show was magic for those first couple of seasons, even up until six, season six, when we found out Jax cheated on Britney with Faith. You know, that first episode of the sixth season is one of the best episodes I've ever seen. And it was like, it was out of nowhere we find out that Jax has cheated. And it's just like, it was so unbelievable and so real. And it was like the best way, I mean, it was horrible, but the best way to start a season because you're like, damn, this guy's a maniac. And it was so crazy that you were able to, they were able to catch this. And now every character, it seems like, is trying to self-produce, self-edit. You know, none of it seems like, hey, let's go to this axe-throwing competition and we'll talk about this here. You know, it's like all these kind of weird setups that, like, why don't you just sit around and talk? Like, I don't care. Like, I don't need to see you guys picking up trash at a beach, you know? Right. Like, it's like, just talk and be normal and, like, I want the real people that are involved in your real lives. And it's obvious that a lot of these people have outgrown each other. And the way that they try to bring in new characters, I would say it was a little better, but not by much how they try to bring in new characters to the Hills new beginning. <laughs> it's like, it's like, Oh, okay. I like, I love the first episode of that, of them trying to explain why Misha Barton's there. They're like, we're all <laughs> good like, friends. <laughs> yeah. Stephanie was like, Oh, we used to, you know, see each other around the club scene. And the, you know, it was like, it was like the thinnest line of like, you know, it's like, okay, I guess that's connective tissue, but, like, by, like, 5%. There's, like, you know, it's, like, all of a sudden Brandon Lee's there. Like, I was so confused about any of this. And Vanderpump Rules kind of did the same thing. They cast people that had no actual connection to any of these original cast. So it just it just didn't work for me this season. I don't think it worked for a lot of Vanderpump Rules people. Um, I guess they just keep going over is that, the show is still making money. The show still gets decent ratings. So I don't think at the end of the day you throw the show away and cancel it. Like, but I'll be curious to see how they come out of it. It's, you know, you, we, Evolution Media and all the producers and all that stuff really have their work cut out for them because they were planning on, I think, a Stasi wedding season. Right. That was going to be heavily featured. They were putting a lot of money into it. You know, the whole cast was going to be in Italy. And, what where do you go from here like you have a cast that like 
so much crazy stuff has happened in the interim of their their shooting with COVID, Black Lives Matter, them getting fired, Jax being called out for everything he's ever done in his life. <laughs> like, how do you come back to a normal, like, and then pretend you're still working at a bar? Like, cut the shit. Jax, I hate to break it to everybody, Jax does not work at Sir. Like, I, you know, like, he does not work at Sir. He might put a uniform on and be there, like, like, like for two hours every, like, two days a week to shoot. And that might, he might call that working, but he does not work there. Like, he doesn't. Like, everybody will tell you that. They, they needed, like, they broke the fourth wall in the very last episode of this season where Jack said, oh, this is my show, you know. Right. And, and Lisa was like, and then finally Lisa woke up from being asleep all season and was like, no, it's my show. And it gave this really beautiful speech about life and stuff. And, and they finally mentioned that there was a show being filmed around them. And to me, that was the most fascinating moment of the entire season. I agree, because it was all going to shift. It seemed like they were going to get rid of that fourth wall, and it was just going to shift. Why? And and I guess my question is, like, I think all of us, we're growing, like, I feel like we're all grown up, right? Like, everybody (laughs) listening to this podcast, we can all, like, we're grown up. We can handle the fourth, like, we can handle a fourth wall being broken. Like, we, I guess maybe that's what it is, is that the audiences are getting so sophisticated is that maybe we can handle a wall being broken without it totally upsetting our lives. You know, like, I can handle somebody saying, like, oh, yeah, stop rolling. I don't want the camera to pick this up. I'd much rather see that because it shows me they have something to lose rather than them faking something and being completely BS. I find behind-the-scenes stuff fascinating, and especially as you get bigger. Like, acknowledge. Acknowledge the issues that you have of, you know, getting more successful, having all of these followers, what fame means, um, you know, like how how you're afraid to lose fame, how you're, you know, like I, I find all that stuff really fascinating and uh, I don't think they cover any of it. And I think the show is right there to be picked up on. Like imagine Jax being like having to really talk to like a real therapist about all the stuff he's ever said, you know, not some Reiki person like he did in one season where, right. you know, Jax was with a Reiki therapist, you know, it was just ridiculous. So while I have you here, obviously we went over the Stasi stuff, went over the Bravo stuff, but you loved the Hills. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, it was like, I, mean, I think it was one of those seminal shows in pop culture and reality shows. Like you have the, you know, for a lot of us, I think it went to like uh, Real World, to Survivor, to the the Hills. Like, I think it was like just a very huge moment in reality TV of like that was appointment television um, for a lot of us, you know. And when it came out, and especially, I mean, God, I was just thinking about like those seasons when like you know Heidi was getting all that crazy plastic surgery and she came back and like like I just remember these moments it'd be like oh my god and you were on my podcast like months ago talking about those moments like some of these moments and they just they stick with you you know yeah like I I can still envision Heidi's face crying as Darlene is like you don't look good (laughs) yes I'm like I'm like Spencer losing it and Brody and like and 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 trash can uh, I mean Justin Bobby (laughs) and um you know, like, it was just, it was really exciting, and we hadn't seen it done that glossy before. You know, it really was so well shot and well lit, like Selling Sunset is now, that it, to me, it was just like, wow, something, something that is very, like, they actually did end up having really good plot lines, but it was like very, it was just looked so beautiful that it sucked you in, you know? It looked like a movie on TV. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think I think if you were to make a list of, you know, top reality stars, 
Kristen would be on it. Lauren would be on it. Spencer would be on it. Justin Bobby would be on it. I don't know about Audrina and Heidi and Brody. But, like, most of that cast is, like, in my opinion, I know I run a page about it, but I think they're very, like, iconic people in pop culture. Yeah. I mean, that one, you know, the shot of, um, uh, what's her name with the, the mascara tear running down her face? Lauren, yeah. I mean, Lauren, yeah, I have a t-shirt of that. And by the way, if anybody's listening and stole my t-shirt of that, give it back to me because I cannot find it anywhere. And <laughs> I have that t-shirt and I know somebody stole it from me and I'm just so livid because I tore my room apart because, I, you know, you got to be the only guy that has a Lauren Conrad crying shirt, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's a weird, uh, you know, I, I don't, wait, I forgot where I was at. <laughs> <laughs> We were talking about how they had, like, all the iconic realities, not all the iconic reality stars, but almost everybody on the hills could be under, like, best reality stars ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was so... I think I tell you I was, like, at a Counting Crows show a couple years ago, and I followed around Adrena and Ryan Cabrera. Oh, my God, no, please tell this story. And by the way, I'll send you the video of it, because I... By the way, so this is like, I'm a huge fan of Counting Crows, which I know is weird in its own right, but I really still love them as a band, so I will, and nobody, I won't, I I stopped asking my friends to go with me to their shows because they would make fun of me, so like, I would go by myself, and I remember like, three years ago, or two and a half years ago, they played in Orange County, and I went out by myself, and it was like, fine, and then I saw like, all of a sudden, Adrena and Ryan Cabrera, because by the way, uh, that band Live opened up for Counting Crows, remember Live? Oh, lightning crashes? Yes, exactly. They opened up uh, for Counting Crows. So then all of a sudden I see Ryan Cabrera, because, you know, how do you not notice, <laughs> notice Ryan Cabrera with that hair and the the whole, he was very Ryan cabrera out, you know? And then I was like, oh my God. And it was Audrina, and she had like the black hat, she had the Audrina hat, she had the whole thing, and they were holding hands, and I was like, holy crap. So then I started, I started like... Uh, you know, of course, filming because, uh, but secretly filming, like acting like I was on my phone, but just taping them. Yeah. And then I stood next to them for most of the show, which is because you, then you got to hear Ryan Cabrera like sing along to Round Here, you know? Like, you got to, <laughs> like, there's like, you're not going to get that chance ever again. And I remember uh, Audrina seemed a little tipsy, and Ryan Cabrera was got into a fight with one of his guy friends. He was like, he was just like talking tough or something, and I found that interesting. Ryan uh, Cabrera was talking tough. Yeah, he was like, hey, hey, get out of here with that kind of stuff. I don't know. It was like something, it was really hard to... That's kind of funny like just to think paying about. Attention, but paying attention at the same time. He didn't seem happy at one point. Yeah. But yeah, like that's, that's as a grown man, that's what I do, is I try to follow around Ryan Cabrera and Andrea Partridge <laughs> at a County Crows show by myself. But um, yeah, like I... It, but those things, like I, I legitimately got starstruck, which is hysterical. You know, like, you know, like, imagine getting, like, nerves being around Ryan Cabrera and Audrina Partridge, you know? <laughs> I mean, I would. I get it. I would. Yeah, but have you ever, like, who is the most nervous you've been around? Because you have some insane celebrity encounter stories. Like, I do, has yeah. Has there ever been anybody that's, like, been the most nerve-wracking or the mo- one you blew the most? Like, I really put my foot in my mouth? Well, I think... When I met Kristen, I was really nervous. I was really like, I couldn't think, and that was really tough. But I think I, I think I recovered pretty well. But probably like um, the first time I met Kelsey Ballerini, I sent her my merch and she wore it, so I knew that she knew who Laguna Beach was. 
So I went to like a meet and greet and I wore the sweatshirt that I sent her and she was like, oh my God, I have that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm Laguna Biatch. And she's like, oh, I love your page, you know, all this stuff. And then I just like stood there awkwardly and I'm like, thank God Diane was able to get the merch to you. <laughs> Who's like her agent that I got in contact with. And she like looked at me and smiled and I was like, oh my God, what the fuck, Kelly? I like that you're kind of like Batman. Like Laguna Biatch is such a, like, it's like, it's your version of Batman, and Kelly is like the Bruce Wayne. You yeah, know? that's um, so true. I remember once when I was, I went to, I'm kind of friendly with Ariana and Tom Sandoval from Vanderpump. Oh, okay. And Ariana's my favorite. Super nice to me. What's that? I said Ariana's my favorite. Oh, she's so awesome and nice. Like, she's just great. And this was years ago. I was at my buddy's birthday that's best friends with Ariana. And Ariana's like, they were there, we were drinking, and then Tom came, and, like, I had only, like, talked to Tom a couple times at that point, and I was still, like, I would get kind of nervous around him, and uh, he was like, hey, dude, let me get you a drink, you know, like, and it was like, oh, cool, man, and he's like, and I didn't know what to say, and it was before Tom Tom opened, the bar that he just opened, and okay. I was like, I was like, how, and I didn't know what to say, so I was like, how's Tom Tom going, and he's like, Oh, good man, good. Thank you. It's uh, we're gonna open up. It's gonna be great. And then I there was like a five second pause, and I didn't know what to say. So all of a sudden, I said, "I'm gonna," <laughs> I said, "I'm gonna spend all my weekend money there." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "I said I'm gonna spend all my weekend money there," which I don't even fucking have weekend money. I don't know what weekend money means. Like he looked at me like what? And I was like, you know, the money you budget out for the weekend. And I was like, I don't do that. I don't budget out any money. Like I, I just. That's I don't know why I thought to say that I would spend my weekend money at TomTom Tom when it opened. Like, by the way, if I had a weekend budget, it would be like $60, which TomTom <laughs> Tom doesn't need that, you know? Wait, so I have to tell you, I've talked about this encounter on the podcast, but I need your reaction because yeah. this is my worst celebrity encounter. It's with Chris Kirkpatrick from InSync. So okay. he lives in Nashville, and Wait, I went... dreads or post-dreads? Post. Now he has like little receding hairline. He's fine. Um, (laughs) But I went to this concert and it was actually Ryan Cabrera, Aaron Carter in O-Town. O-Town? It was a fantastic concert. But anyway, (laughs) after the show, Chris Kirkpatrick, I saw him sitting at the bar. So I walk over and I'm like, excuse me, can we take a picture together? Like I loved NSYNC, which isn't true. I was Backstreet Boys for life. (laughs) But I was, I needed. Wait, can't you like, wait, can't you like both of them? Like, is it, wait, is it like. Is it like the Bloods Crips? Like, is it is it like a you can't like both? To be honest, it took me a really long time to admit that I liked a few in sync songs. I don't know if anyone took it as serious as I did, but I took it pretty serious. How do you not like Digital Get Down? Are you kidding me? I mean, now that I'm older, I can admit it. I can admit it. <laughs> so, by the way, that's that really does show you're growing up. Thank you. You're you're really adulting when you can both when you can like in sync and Backstreet Boys. Exactly, it's called growth. <laughs> but so I'm like talking to Chris and I'm like can we take a picture together and he's like yeah sure so I hold up my my phone to take a selfie and he goes I really fucking hate my life this might be the last photo anyone ever sees of me be sure to sell he goes be sure to sell it to TMZ you'll make money and like I took the picture and I was like oh no I hope that's not true Oh my god, that's amazing! And I see him all the time in Nashville, and I always want to just be like, "Are you okay?" Now you see him all the time in Nashville. Is he a good waiter? Does he get the food out on time? How oh my doing? god, no! Um, I no, will can say, you imagine being somebody like Chris Kirkpatrick or Joey Fatone, where it's like, I, I bet, I bet that there's like, I love to think of like 
there's like an, an instinct text chain and Justin never texts back, but he's on the text chain. He's like the friend that's too good for the text chain, you know? Like, so it's like Joey and Chris are the ones always going like, Hey, summer seems nice. Be pretty cool to tour this summer. And <laughs> like Justin's, Justin's always like, Oh, sorry guys. I'm on the road. We'll talk later. You know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, oh, but yeah, that was only, yeah. Like, do you, the, 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 the reason I get so nervous around celebrities was that there was one encounter when I was in junior high, I, my, my uncle um, used to live in uh, Glendale, which is near LA. And me and my dad came to visit him when I was in junior high. And I remember we drove down Sunset Boulevard and there used to be this really famous Tower Records there. And um, we were driving there and we saw Whoopi Goldberg go into Tower Records. And I was like, holy crap, that's Whoopi Goldberg. And I was like, dad, can we stop? Like, and I was like a little like young actor. Like I was like, and I was like a nervous, like little nerdy kid, but I was like, oh my God, I've never seen a celebrity or a movie star. Like I, I grew up in Kansas, you know, like, and it was amazing. And so we stopped and I walked out. I was like, I was like a 12 year old boy or like, or something. And I walked up to her and this is when they had like CDs in like full cases. Okay. Like, yeah. They used to have CDs, but they had them in like full cases. I remember she had like a stack, like. 20 or 30 cds in her hands like a huge stack and i was like oh my god she's so rich that's crazy (laughs) like how could you ever afford 30 cds and then i went up to her and i said i said miss goldberg i'm want you to know that i'm a huge fan of your work and i'm an actor in kansas and uh and i was so nervous and she turned around and completely ignored me and walked away oh my god didn't even acknowledge my existence and <laughs> i get back to the car and i tell my dad and my dad was fuming he was like oh, i need to have a word with miss goldberg and it was but that's why i get really nervous around any kind of celebrity still or even like like i'm sure you too when like i'm starting to interview like bigger people on the podcast there is a like i get really nervous beforehand because i always think of that Whoopi goldberg time where she just ignored me completely you know Yeah, honestly, before every live with any cast member, I'm like freaking out. Like I'm like pacing my apartment and then I'm like, okay, you have to turn it on, Kelly. You have to turn on Laguna Biatch. Well, yeah, (laughs) you got to put the Batman out. Right. You got to do it. Yeah. Well, because then then all it's going to be is an hour and then you go back to your normal life. All you have to be is smart and funny for one hour and then you can go back to being a loser. You know, (laughs) then you can go back to being an idiot. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, good times what we do. Isn't this fun? This is fun. Thank you so much for coming on. I asked Ryan to come on like Saturday and he's like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, because by the way, I did, you know, I would kill to be on it. I was like, you had mentioned watching the Hills episode and I was like, yeah, I'll recap that. I'll do anything. By the way, Kelly, as you, if you guys all know Kelly listening to her, she's amazing. Like I want to be like, it's just the best energy ever. So it's like, you always have an open slot on my podcast anytime. And like, uh, I mean, it was just like for you to ask me, I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'll drop anything. You know? No, I really like I appreciate that so much. I love your podcast. I think you have like the perfect radio voice. We're just fangirling over each other right now. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. You know what I think about you, Kelly, is you <laughs> have such a nice, you know, No, but it really is exciting. I think that's really one of the cool things about being in this like little podcast community of pop culture is that, you know, I've only been doing this for like seven months, but you know, in that time I've, I've, I've made so many friends that are podcasters that have like really unique talents. And it's so fun because it's not like, um, competitive, but right. 
if I see Kelly on the charts, I'm like, Oh, I'm like, Holy crap. That's amazing. And if she sees me, like, she's always like, Holy crap. That's amazing. It's such a positive thing. I've not run into a lot of negativity at all. And I just, everybody really like is encouraging and helping out. And it just, I, I guess that's the part that has been that of course, and all the listeners and them like reaching out to like talk to me about stuff has been, which is crazy in its own right, but it's just been really, really nice. And I just, you know, I know that's silly to think of like reality show as a community, but it, it really is its own little community, you know? Yeah, I always say the Laguna Beach community is awesome. Like, I'm really lucky for everyone who listens, everyone who like gives a shit and wants to hang out for like an hour a week. Like, I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's it really it, it is one of those things. Like, if you like, I mean, I, it is a little crazy though when something like the Stasi news broke because like my phone like literally started like caught fire that's how it was with Kristen when Kristen got divorced my phone was out of control yeah I mean it's just crazy it's like there's like a thousand people all of a sudden want to like hear your opinion and they were like you need to do an emergency episode and I was like no I do not like I I will I had just gotten finished editing my faith one and you know and you know like I do these epically long podcasts that like have a lot of like sound cues and you know by the way if you guys ever decide to listen to it or try it there's timestamps so you can skip around but they're really long and i was like you can hear my opinion either on laguna biatch's podcast or um i'll recap it again on wednesday on this next pod but like you know you can't be you know you can't be caught up in that because you would be releasing emergency podcasts something seems like it's happening every day now yeah exactly exactly so the main wait, wait, t- will you tell me what the Hills New Beginnings they were starting to film right so but it, that's all done because of COVID right right they were starting to film and Spencer said it was going to be the greatest reality season ever <laughs> greatest episode like season of reality TV and Jason Waller I did a live with him and he was like it was going to be awesome we'd shot so much stuff and he's like we've done some Zoom stuff I'm like please don't like Zoom stresses me out. It really does because it reminds me of work. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because now, like everybody works over Zoom, so I feel like now I'm just watching my work. Like I feel like I'm in trouble or something. And uh, you know, they, you know, Bravo has managed to do the Zoom reunions, which are like okay, but you're still painfully aware you're watching a Zoom reunion. And I think you know, like to dip into Real Housewives of New York and Beverly Hills a second, they're on like a month long hiatus now, which there's a lot of rumors of why they're on hiatus. But I think one of the main reasons is that they want to wait a month and slow the season down so they could possibly do live reunions, you know? So I actually just started watching Real Housewives of New York finally. Which season? Well, the last the last four episodes I have watched. Okay, so you, you're already... So you, but by the way, that's like... I was talking to my friend today and she was saying like, oh, that'll be good if I don't watch this and I can go back to season one it'll feel like a prequel. You know, like, if you go back, you'll actually be able to enjoy it in kind of that prequel way. Um, and by the way, it doesn't take a lot to like understand what's going on, right? Yeah, that's why whenever reality TV, even with Vanderpump Rules, like I watched specific episodes to catch up. I didn't need to watch a whole season. I didn't feel like I needed to. But like with Vanderpump Rules, people are like, oh, you have to watch, you know, the Vegas episode. You have to watch certain episodes. But I didn't feel the need to like watch all six seasons before I dove in. Yeah, I mean, you can... You know, you're wise enough where you can you can figure it out. Like, oh, they're okay. They work at a bar. I got it. I'm like, okay, uh, they're all it, terrible people. But I did notice I was watching a little piece of Real Housewives of New York this past week, past week's episode, and I still notice they do this thing where they'll they'll 
show a little Luann scene and they'll then they'll have the the title card that says Luann and have her like spin around and it's like at this point we know who Luann is <laughs> like who is like who is watching this going oh thank god I had no clue who that lady was like are there that many new people coming to the show each week where they need like like even though you didn't watch you knew who Countess Luann was right exactly I mean I've never watched an episode of Real Housewives Beverly Hills and I know who they are yeah, like, I mean, I just think, like, there's those things that, like, but it is funny that they still kind of, like, treat us with kid gloves. Like, the other thing that they do is that they'll go away, like, they'll, like, you know, end on a dramatic scene for commercial, and then they'll come back, and they'll play a minute of the scene that we just saw, <laughs> like, we didn't remember what just happened. Like, we, oh, my God, that Colgate commercial was so gripping that I forgot exactly what happened where we just were, so I'm going to watch the full minute again, you know? That's so funny, that Colgate commercial. <laughs> oh, by the way, oh, my God, we've talked about that before, how creepy that commercial with uh, Audrina's Crest White Strips. Oh, was it, did Audrina and Whitney no. did it? They both did, right? Yes, wait, oh yes, it was Whitney, sorry, no, no, okay. not Andrea, Whitney, and the craziest thing about it was that Whitney had just finished talking about miscarrying her baby, Yeah. and then all of a sudden, all the, like, I remember having it on in the background, and I kind of, like, was doing other stuff, and I was like, oh, that's, that's, like, a sad story, and then all of a sudden, there was silence, and I didn't know what happened, I thought my TV had gone out, and I looked up, and it was just her staring into a mirror, putting white strips in, and I was like, <laughs> I literally thought I had like had had a stroke. I was like, I thought she was about to say, "Ryan, I see you." Like it was the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever witnessed in my life. And I've been trying to find a clip of it again to like put on my Instagram because you know what I'm saying. Like it was so weird. Yeah, and she she's just like, "I'm going out. I have to make sure my teeth are white." <laughs> but it was like you can't say that three minutes after talking about the most painful memory of your life. Yeah, yeah, very, I mean, it's a, it's a bad show, the reboot. The reboot's bad. I can, I'll say that with my whole chest. But I, I mean, I gotta tell you though, I watched the whole, I watched every episode. Oh, me too. <laughs> but like, how do you not, I'm sorry, I know you probably gotta go, but like, no, how it's do fine, you it's fine. not throw, how do you not put the, Okay, so, like, I didn't mind Brandon Lee. I kind of liked his whole vibe, even though he didn't really fit. You know, he, he, what, he didn't belong there, but I, I kind of dug it. Why don't you then film the actual one thing we all wanted to see is the Tommy Lee-Brandon fight, the, the reuniting of them? Like, why didn't they – like, that I wanted to see. Like, Tommy Lee has a relationship with MTV. Why, why wasn't that on camera? It's because MTV is stupid. I mean, it has to be, like, how do you not, like, you, you talk about this relationship with his dad, how they don't talk, how they got into a fight, the cops were called, it was this really dramatic thing, and then you you talk about the makeup, but then we don't get to see the makeup, we just get to hear, like, my rule with reality shows is, show us, don't tell us, don't tell me what happened, you have the power to show me, that's why we're on TV and cameras are pointing, you know? Yeah, I like that, I like that saying, I'm gonna use that now. <laughs> Laguna. <laughs> so overall, I'm just going to ask you, do you think Bravo handled this situation appropriately? I know we talked about it, but I just, I wanted to end on that. Do you think Bravo handled this appropriately? And do you think they're going to just end up having like a Tom Tom spinoff? Um, I think, I think they handled it appropriately for the information they were given but you got to remember at the end of the day, they are set as a corporation and it is just money, it, you know, and that's what they are concerned with is the, their bottom line. So I don't think they really had any other option 
you know, I, I think they were their hand was forced, and I do not think at the beginning of this they were planning on doing it. I think they were hoping it would go away. So it was just that us, the viewers, were so loud about it that they had no other choice. So I guess they did what needed to be done, but at the same time, like we said earlier, then what about Jax? Then right. what about, like, there's other things that then don't make sense. I do think it would behoove them at this point to do a Tom Tom spinoff is, you know, put real people that are really work there, real relationships. You get to have Schwartz and Sandoval, who, by the way, actually are at Tom Tom most nights. Like, that's not a lie. That's not just for cameras. Like, he really is there. Sandoval and Schwartz will always take a picture with you. He's always there. You know, like, Tom Tom is exciting. They have a very diverse staff. I've seen it. They're just not on camera. Like, put those real people in there. They all have fascinating lives. I know a couple of the waiters and, like, a door guy over at Tom Tom, and they have great stories. They have great, I mean, they have good lives. They have really interesting lives. And why, you know, it's just right there for us to watch. If somebody would, like, I just sometimes don't understand that part of it. And maybe there's a part of production that I don't understand, but I would love for it to be explained to me someday. That's awesome. That's such a good answer. And I really appreciate you coming on, especially on such short notice, because I straight up, I said, I'm like, I can't care about Stassi anymore. I'm like, I cannot put my brain power towards her. And I'm like, Ryan, no, will. no, I mean, totally. But, you know, we, we all have to care in some ways because it really does affect the culture beyond reality shows now. You know, now we have a playbook. You know, there will be the Stasi Schroeder, Kristen Doty firing of 2020, and that will now be in the reality show playbook. So this is like, if you really take reality shows as seriously as we do, this is now a piece of that history. And this is now in how we deal with social causes, social justice, what is acceptable and what isn't. And we're starting to have these really important conversations. So at the end of the day, even if you hate Stasi, even if you love Stasi, these are really important conversations to be had because it's a microcosm of what's going out there in the world today, which is huge. And I know that sounds silly because it's just Vanderpump Rules, but it isn't. Like, you can't be saying that about anything these days. Well, Everything, you know, is important in some way. Yeah, I guess I'll backpedal a little bit and be like, I do care yeah. that she, but I meant like her pregnancy. I didn't care about her pregnancy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's Nobody. more what I mean. Like, I think it's actually. I didn't realize how many bad things Stassi said because I never followed her outside the show. So I never listened to her podcast or anything. And then like yeah, I'm either. I'm hearing about like all the Me Too movement stuff she said and how she's like, you know, all lives should matter. I don't get why it's only a certain... Yeah, why not Asian lives? Why yeah. not this lives? And I'm like, wow, you could have just read about this really quickly before you spoke on it. And I edit my own podcast. I think you edit yours too. <laughs> I do. like... You, you can edit things out pretty, like, easily. Like, if I say, I mean, I'll leave a lot of stupid stuff I say in, but if I say something extremely stupid, I will definitely try to take it out, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I guess I do care about, like, all the fucking terrible shit she said. But, like, once the pregnancy thing came out, I was just like, Stassi, I'm tired. I'm so tired. Yeah. I mean, that's what, I mean, it, it, it is one of those things of... I mean, I, I, re, I was trying to remember, I was trying to, like, put myself in, like, shoes of, like, what I said. I said some idiotic things when I was, like, 13 years old because I was trying to be, like, a, like, not, like I was trying to, like, you know, I was trying to philosophize about, I, I remember saying something stupid uh, about, uh, you know, uh, to my best friend who actually is a gay man. I remember saying at the time, I said, 
I was 13 years old. I remember saying something like, oh, I, I think homosexuality is a fad and it will go away. I was 13 years old. And I thought I was trying to participate in a big boy conversation and trying to like throw an idea. I didn't know what I was saying. I think about that comment now all the time. I'm like, what an idiotic comment. I thought it would go away. Like, are you kidding me? But the thing is, you're young. I had never been experienced. Right. I had I, never met a, a gay person in my life before. And then you actually realize, you know, like then you learn. You, you get to have those experiences. You get to realize how real it is, how valid everything is, how it's just like you, you know, like, and, and, and you get to learn from that. And unfortunately, Stasi is having to learn while she's in the public eye. And hopefully she takes that with a huge responsibility that she then does need to learn from and open her, her heart and her mind to a lot of uh, different opinions, you know? Yeah. We need her. We need, we need that voice. She has a really strong voice. I think she really could do so much positive, And I hope she kind of, I hope she backpedals on a lot of what she's doing now PR wise, you know? Yeah, for sure. I I think the only thing that I cannot get behind is um not just Max and Brent. I'm just using that Brent, Brett, whatever his name is. I always get it wrong. Yeah, well, you can say it. I don't even care. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but they use the N word, right? And so do people from in, in MTV. Tweets, yeah, in tweets when they were younger. Right. I think. But my thing is like I have known that word is unacceptable since I was like five or six. So for you to yeah, tell well, yeah, me I, like I mean I would have gotten the, I would have gotten the smack I would have gotten smacked across the face if yeah. I ever said something like that. So like, I guess so, like. I mean, the apology of sorry I was young for that specific instance never goes right for me. Am I, I don't know. Well, you do also have to like then take into account, of course, like, well, how they were raised. True. Like, and I'm not saying anything bad about Max or Brett's like family, but you do have to like, I know it wasn't acceptable in my household. Like I knew if my mom read my, by the way, if my mom does read my Twitter feed, she would be horrified, but just <laughs> by the bad, but just by the bad jokes, nothing like else. But like, you know, is that you do have to realize that you are representing your family in some way. And if you're cool with that, that means like he had that conversation with him. Well, I'm cool if my family sees me blasting the N word all over Twitter. Like that to me is the part where I get a little confused by because I know, but I, by the way, I know a lot of these ideas are planted in people's heads from their families. Like this is learned behavior. You have to really break a lot of things that you were taught as a child. And I don't, I don't, I can't speak on how they were raised, but it does sometimes lead me to believe of like, were they raised in family that that was okay and acceptable? Because I just, I wasn't from a goody two shoes family, but I knew where to respect, you know, like I just knew what not to do. And I also not even not what to do. Like it, there was never a part of me that's like, man, I sure want to say this, but I know it's not right. Like there was no part of me that ever wanted to say it. Right. No, I get that. I get that for there was sure. There's no part of me that would like, lo- I would love to blast the N word a bunch. Like there's just no part of me that ever would be like, Oh, it'd be so cool if I could write this word out. Like, you know, like I'm pretty okay with never saying that word. <laughs> right. No, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like imagine trying to fight for like that stupid right of saying that word. It, it's, it's just, that's why I'm just like, man, we got to, some of us got to shape up, you know, like we can, we can do better. Yes, we can all definitely do better. If this sorry, has taught way, us I anything. I'm so sorry. I hope I didn't really come off really preachy to your listener. I'm so sorry. I, I, I say stupid things all the time, but I hope that wasn't preachy. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Don't worry. I get on, I get on my soapbox all the time. So don't worry. Um, but where, <laughs> where can everyone find you? I know that I miss said your podcast to begin with. So I'm going to let you. you take this. You tell them where they can find you on your yeah. podcast, on Instagram, on Twitter. 
Okay. Uh, I'm, uh, you can find me at, at Laguna Biatch. I'm Laguna Biatch. And my podcast is called Laguna Biatch. Right no, my podcast is called So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Um, and yeah, it's like usually four hour extravaganzas. I think of it as a radio show. There's multiple guests. There's a bunch of different segments. I do song breakdowns of Housewives songs. It's, it's, you know, my version of a radio show, but there are timestamps. So you can skip to the section that you like, give it a shot. You might like it. Uh, it's there for you. If you do, uh, follow me on Instagram at, at so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey that kind of exploded in the last couple of weeks. And it's really exciting. I think I'm going to. I'm close to 10,000 followers pretty soon. And that's really exciting because, you know, you get that swipe up feature and that's really exciting. So follow on me, follow me on there. If you guys uh, are so kind and uh, reach out because uh, it's always fun to talk to anybody that loves these shows. And I'm at Ryan Bailey 25 on Twitter. I just make dumb jokes about reality shows on there. And I'm just going to say one thing. Ryan's probably one of the nicest people I've ever met through an Instagram platform. So definitely give him your time. He is, He's a gem. I'm just going to ball in the shower later. Um, no, and I, by the way, I think the same of you. And it was so funny. You were one of the first people that I had respected that I was scared to ask to come on my podcast. And you couldn't have been nicer and really opened uh, the doors, giving me courage to like ask people that I actually liked from online. So thank you for always being cool. And you're just one of the funnest people to joke around with. I'm literally going to go listen to an Usher song and cry now. I'm going to go find Chris Kirkpatrick. (laughs) 